Good morning, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88, depending on where you are, right across the Faith FM network from one side of Australia to the other. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning, and you are with Lyle and Shell. For the very first time ever, we have our producer who is multitasking, and she is co-hosting with me along with... Uh, producing the show And so this is something we have never done before And it is because Mon has come down sick And she's got the flu And she's got a rain nose and a sore throat and a headache And she's actually lost her voice Which is a little bit of a problem when you are on the radio So Shell's going to be joining me today Which is going to be great And the other great thing about that is that she is my amazing wife So that's just super exciting So she'll be on in a moment to talk about some uh, great stories that we've got coming up But uh, just to let you know some of the things that are coming up, we have a story coming up about tiny houses and big houses. So we have a group of students in Canberra building a tiny house and we have somebody in Zambia who is building a termite house, which is seven stories tall. And if you want to know how do you build a seven story tall termite house and why would you build such a thing, then you're going to have to stay tuned to hear about that story. We're also going to be commenting, of course, about the royal wedding that has absorbed everybody's attention. Well, not everybody's, but about one billion people's attention over the weekend. And we're going to let you know how you can have a wedding dress even more beautiful than Megan's. Uh, How you can be a part of the bride that is mentioned in Revelation chapter 19. Okay, so we've got that story coming up. We've also got our encounter with God where we're going to be talking about witnessing and sharing the gospel and the Great Commission that Jesus gave and the story of Cornelius and what that has to do with the Great Commission. Um, We've got our question of the day about whether people can be saved who have never heard about Jesus. And, of course, at the very end of the show, we're going to be giving something away as always. In between that, we have interspersed so much music and so forth that it will amaze you. But if you are wondering why our stories might be a little bit out of date and are kind of like yesterday's stories, then the answer is very simple. That might be because you are listening to the delayed broadcast. So if if it is not Monday the 21st today, you're listening to the delayed broadcast and if you would like to listen to the live show, the best way that you can do that is by going to faithfm.com.au and just simply push play or even easier still, download the free version of the TuneIn app to your phone. Once you have done that, you simply search for Faith FM Australia. Once you have done that, put it in your favourites, press play, and you'll be able to get it anywhere, anytime around the world. Well, stay tuned. We've got some great songs coming up right now. I've been a poor man and I've been a king. I've had my life and the world on a string. I've traveled many roads, but I'm so far from done. I have been hopeless and I've had my faith. Some things I've lost and some things I have saved. All of these moments showed me the way that I've gone. Good to know there's so much to live for.
And what a great day it is to feel alive right now. It is a Monday morning. This is The Breakfast Show and we have a special guest in this morning as our guest host because Mon has no voice this morning. Yeah. She woke up and there was absolutely no, no voice. And so, um, yeah, we have uh, my amazing wife, Shell, is co-hosting this morning. So super excited about that. Now, just uh, very quickly on the quiz, our numbers are, if you know the answer, 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669 or send us a message on Facebook if you know the answer. And if they know the answer, what is it that they are getting? Um, I have chosen a Carly, the Carly Fletcher's newest CD, Eternity Together, which is um, a scripture reflective album, really. All of the songs um, are inspired by certain passages from the Bible. So there's like scripture songs or s- just sort of inspired, scripture inspired? Um, it's, it has, from what the songs that I've heard so far, it seems to be... You know, a little bit of quoting, but not not like full quotes. No, like, I, cool I would quotes, call okay. it yeah, reflective rather than. Um, yeah, fantastic. Okay, so the latest Carly Fletcher CD album there available for you if you know the answer. Do you know we have already had someone text through with the answer? Oh, wonderful. <laughs> yes, Mon is at home listening in bed, probably <laughs> that with that doesn't a count. You don't head- get that prize. <laughs> Head throbbing, throat sore, nose running. Do, yeah, we, feel, do I, we feel? Do we feel sorry for Mon this morning? I feel very sorry for Mon. <laughs> yeah, okay, we feel sorry for Mon. <laughs> Normally, right. I would roast her and be like, "Oh, you've lost your voice. That's nice." But, but I have to fill in for her, so I'm not actually very happy about it at all. <laughs> well, well, I'm super happy about. It. I think you're doing an amazing job. So it's just uh, super awesome. Okay, all right. So uh, what else we got to talk about? Oh, 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 oh! I nearly forgot. What are you thankful for this morning? I'm thankful that I get to work with my husband on the Monday morning, so that's always yeah, nice. Yeah, always, always a good start to the week. Yeah. Of course it's a good start to the week. What could be better than that? Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> and uh, what am I thankful for? Guess what I'm thankful for? Oh, something obscure, I'm sure. Let's let's hear it. Mayonnaise. <laughs> I'm thankful I, I think for, I know for mayonnaise. Why, why, yeah. why do you think I'm thankful for mayonnaise? Uh, because I'm also thankful for chili. Those two things go really well together with chocolate. Which makes me... Yeah. <laughs> and you're all out there thinking, what on earth is this sick person going on about? And I, and I don't think they're going to be convinced just from talking about it. The only thing that can convince them is actually tasting it in this instance. But um, Lyle is actually referencing um, something that I'm very thankful for, which would be my grandmother who has... Um, <laughs> created an amazing family recipe that has been passed down to me and um it is a chocolate cake that has mayonnaise in it and we've always just called it a mayonnaise cake but that always freaks everybody out (laughs) um but ultimately it's just replacing your eggs your um oils and um and it's just replacing that and and your um, milk really with um, okay it is it, it is actually it is actually the most amazing um, chocolate cake that you will ever eat and uh, are we are we allowed to give away a family secret here and post the N- recipe no. online we're not we're not <laughs> we're not oh my <laughs> you can post the recipe up just leave one ingredient out you know how some some oh, people do that's that just me <laughs> no okay. I'd have to have I, did, I do have something we can post up on uh, on, on Facebook here this morning. 
Okay. We, we <laughs> Mon has sent us a photo through of her laying in bed feeling very ill. Maybe we'll put that on Facebook. What do you reckon? <laughs> and she's sticking out her tongue at us because of what I said, I think. But um, sorry, Mon. Love you. Of course we do. <laughs> really, really. We actually do. Yes, we do. Seriously. Yeah. We, we do. We do. Very much We just so. like, we, we love making fun of you when you're sick. That's all. Yes. Okay, so I've got a couple of uh, uh, really incredible stories this morning. I'm not uh, so many interesting ones here. I'm really not sure where to start. Okay, let me uh, let me start with this one because education is something that's very close to my heart, and particularly alternative forms of education. In my mind, because I never did well in the traditional educational system, um, I'm, I'm always looking at uh, you know ways that you know young people can really expand their their knowledge through alternative methods. And there is a grammar school in Canberra, Canberra Grammar School. The year 11 students have decided on a project and embarked on this project to build a tiny house. Now, that's not your average class project, is it? Okay, so um, uh, this was based on the concept that their generation may never be able to afford housing. And so they've built this house. It is 4.8 metres long by 2.4 metres wide. Um, and there are 10 school students who are working on it, and they have become so enthusiastic about it that they are working after school hours, they are working through their school holidays. Now, when you get students who are turning up to school during their school holidays, you know that your education system is working, don't you think? Yeah, very much so. That's exciting. Oh, absolutely exciting. And I can guarantee that we've, if I, ne- I never did year 11, but maybe we shouldn't mention that on air. But if I had done year 11, <laughs> I think I managed to do about seven years of school all up. Um, but if I had done year 11, Something like this would have definitely kept me, me there at school. You know, I, I, um, I started school late and finished in year 10, but I did projects. You know, if, if I had a project that was going in the uh, woodwork, metalwork room at school, that would definitely, I'd go there during lunch hour. Yeah, I, I, for I'd, sure, I'd, me I'd too. work away on stuff like that. And uh, I know you, well, you, when you were growing up, you used to build with your dad, didn't you? Oh, yeah, and I took all of the... Um the the woodwork and the metalwork classes in school. I loved that sort of thing. Absolutely. Okay, so they've they've appointed themselves an architect, a project manager, an innovation manager, and a marketing consultant as a part of this project. And uh, they've put this on a trailer because the concept is that um, that young people are more mobile these days than what they were previously, and that if you move from one city to another, rather than packing and unpacking. Um, and paying a removalist and all that kind of thing. You simply hook your house up to your vehicle and tow your house to the next city. And that way you have affordable housing wherever you go. And so from a standpoint of true education, something very close to my heart, something that is uh, central to... Um, you know, is central to the worship of God, really, because God designed us as people uh, to learn and to investigate and to be creative. This seems to be the epitome of all of those things. They are learning, they are investigating, they are being creative, they are using their brains, they're becoming enthusiastic, they're using their hands, they're turning up during their school holidays. There'd be a lot of um, problem solving and just yeah, yeah, just so much, you know, because with tiny houses, just to to use the small amount of space that you have and to, and to turn it into something incredibly functional um, that someone can live in this small area and still accomplish all of the things that they need to on a day to day basis in a, as easy a way as possible is 
challenging. Of course it's challenging. And Shell, you are speaking from experience because you recently designed a tiny house. <laughs> yeah, well, um, hopefully it's, it's not quite done yet, but... Um, it's we, halfway there. Yeah, we were able to take our Bedford to um, big camp mm-hmm. and put it to a test. And yeah, we found that it was quite functional, really. And yes. yeah. I okay, could, so tell I us. Could li- I could just move into it, I think. As soon as we got back from camp, I'm like, I want to go away again. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be in it again. It's just not right sitting in the yard. Okay, so tell us a bit of, uh, uh, about a, f- a few of the things that you have in your tiny house. That are uh, innovations and are super cool and interesting. Um, well, ours doesn't have very many built-in features yet mm-hmm. because okay, but there are advantages to not having built-in features because that way you can you can doubly use that space as a removalist truck. That's true. You can unload everything and load everything back in again. Yep, and and you can use use it um, for other things in between, obviously, but. Um, uh, it's still quite functional in the fact that, I mean, I, I put a little couch in there and we've got a, a table and a few things and I just made sure that the couch, you know, had legs on it that you could stick stuff underneath the couch still. And um, so we have one of those like vintage suitcases that um, slides underneath the couch and that had all of my clothes in it. And slides then underneath, had, the, uh, underneath the uh, the vintage couch, the um Vintage New vintage inspired. Couch. It's a retro vintage inspired yeah. couch, yeah. Um, and yeah, another um, suitcase on the side that we used for a little side table next to the couch was also filled with all kinds of like our winter gears and things that we wasn't sure we were going to need, but we ended up needing quite a bit of. Um, so yeah, it was. It's very. I might ask you some more about some of those innovations in just a moment, but um, yeah, we're starting to run out of time. So uh, yeah, what's this next song coming up? Uh, this song is by Jesse Clark Funk, and it's actually a duet with, um, I believe, her husband, Jim. And yeah, it's a beautiful song. Enjoy. It's called Come Thou Fount. Come thou fount of every blessing Tune my heart to of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise Come 
Listening to Jessica Clark Funk with Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. A great way to start a Monday morning here on Faith FM with a positively different song for positively different radio. We got another uh, clue for our quiz there, Shell? Yeah, we do. Okay. So, what <coughs> book am I is the um, category? Mm-hmm. Our first clue was Your waist is a mound of wheat encircled by lilies. That was a quote. Which, which should sort of give it away anyway, I think. But um, our second clue is This is one of the three books of the NIV Bible in which the word God does not appear at all. Mm, it's different in the KJV. But in the KJV, it is mentioned twice. Okay, so NIV does not have the word God in it, but KJV does. That's a, that's a, 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 a good clue right there. I better be careful else I'm going to give it away. I know what the answer <laughs> is. Yeah, well, to me, that one seems a little bit more obscure than the last one, but... Um, for you, it's probably the other well, way around. who knows, who knows for our listeners. So give us a call, 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669. And if you are building a tiny house, please send us a photo or even give us a call to tell us about your tiny house. We would love to see your project that you're working on. And uh, Shell, we'll get um, some photos of your tiny house um, up on our Facebook page so people can have a look. Sure, why not? Yeah, absolutely. Get some there. Yep. All right, so while we're talking about tiny houses, I'm going to talk about a different kind of house now. This is a termite house. Huh? Yes, but not a termite house for termites to live in, a termite house for humans to live in. Have you ever lived in a termite house? No, but I remember when we went... um to some place, um, and Shell is busily <laughs> pointing, and I have no idea what she's pointing at or what she's talking about. Okay, when that when the location comes to you, let us know what it was. This is why I'm not on radio. <laughs> you are you much. are on radio today. <laughs> this is good fun. Okay, the road trip that we did. Yes, with Emery. With Emery. To Three of us squished in a... Oh, yes, 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 to Cape York. <laughs> Cape York, thank you. I couldn't think of it for nothing. But <laughs> yeah, a remember... a large chunk of land. Yeah, I remember the, uh, all of the huge, huge termite... Oh, absolutely. Uh, ...mounds. 
yeah. up there. Up to 10 metres tall. Yeah. And, of course, all of you know that Cape York is a very hot place. Uh, tropical environment up there. It never really cools down. It was wonderful to be there in winter. Uh, because we skipped a whole month of winter down here, down south, which was just great. Okay, so this uh, this story is a, a bit of a Wakanda story. Oh, a what? A Wakanda story. So this is so fake. This is no, it's not fake story. It's real story, but it's okay. coming out of Africa, where okay, Africa about, about intense African technology. Intense technology, absolutely far advanced. So this okay. is um, uh, this particular individual was tasked with uh, creating the largest office retail building in Harare in Zimbabwe. So that's great. He's an architect. He's, yes. he's, uh, he's got this job. However, being a developing country and so forth, they didn't really have the money or the resources to provide air conditioning for this particular building. So what do you do when you've got a large building and you can't provide air conditioning for it? Because you don't have the, 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 the resources to, you know, find the electricity and so forth to pay okay, for Okay, well, it. I know that it's connected to termites somehow. Okay, so this is called the termite house. <clears throat> All right, so w- then what he did was he noted that termite mounds, which grow up, which are built by termites up to 10 metres tall. Remember some of those massive ones? We've got some photos yeah, somewhere. Right. of Those massive ones up there in Cape York. And if you've been to Cape York, maybe you've got a uh, photo of a massive termite mound or somewhere else in Australia that you can send to us. Um, but those termite mounds are air-conditioned. And you would think, well, they're poking up out of the ground like that. They're, connect- they're collecting all of the sun. How can they be air-conditioned? Well, there's a number of different yeah, ways that clever they are nature. air-conditioned. We learn so, so much from nature. And so this guy decided that he would get involved in what's called biomimicry, okay. which is mimicking what happens in biology, in other words, mimicking nature. And so he built a large termite mound, otherwise known as an office building in Harare in Zimbabwe. Does it look like a termite it mound? It does not. But it looks really cool. Yep, so he uh, just he got, figured out the technology of how the termites. It, ha- it has a rough make surface. Yeah. Okay. Has a rough surface, ah. like a termite mound. So a rough surface creates lots of places where shadows are created. When, okay. when, when the sun is you know, at various angles, you've got more shadows with a rough surface than a smooth surface. So during the day, it absorbs less heat. Okay. Then during the night, you've got more surface area which, of course, is not affected by shadows during the night. So it reduces, it absorbs less heat during the day, but during the night it's got more surface area to absorb, absorb more coolness. So that's the first innovation. Okay. Then he noted that termite mounds have an intricate system of tunnels running all the way through them. They're actually full of small holes. They, they don't look like it from the outside, but you've got small holes all through them. And the holes are connected in such a way that the cool air at ground level is drawn into the termite mound and it pushes the hot air that is coming in from heat that's radiating in from the outside. It pushes that hot air out the top of the termite mound and so you've got all these chimneys across the top that are pushing the hot air out. And he improved it a little bit by adding uh, some fans to his system. The termites don't have fans, but uh, this one does have fans. And fans, of course, are very low cost to run compared to air conditioning. Yep. And so he's built himself a large termite mound. It's, uh, what, seven, ten stories tall? Seven stories tall. Um, and in an area where the te- temperatures, and I really to write them down here, temperatures uh, can vary from uh, <coughs> uh, 
um, from zero to 37 degrees. You know, 37 is a pretty warm day. Um, <coughs> and uh, um, this, this maintains an even temperature of 14 to 27. Now, would this... Um, obviously, this is a great design for a place yeah, like yeah, Africa absolutely. where it's, uh-huh. you know, a lot I, I, I can see you scheming right now. You want to w- work this into our tiny house, don't you? <laughs> I don't know. At the moment, I'm so cold. All I can think is, is there a way that, that you know, what, what's the heating system? Yeah, somehow, what's the heating system? I don't care about working. air conditioning the couldn't for couldn't get the cool. heating to work here in the studio this morning, so we're all freezing to death. <laughs> but... Um, no, it sounds very effective and like a lot of places would be able to implement it. But would countries where they have cooler seasons, um, would that affect their cooler seasons? Would they, would they have to heat more because of it? I think that termite mounds, big termite mounds only exist in warm climates. Yep, so, so this so is technology this be, that's yes, only going to be able to be used. air conditioning rather than for heating. Yeah, but, but in areas where it just doesn't get cold. Enough. Well, it gets down to zero in Harare. Okay. And close to. So, yeah, so it gets, it's just cold. So would it make the, the building too cold? Well, you just uh, switch the fans off and shut the vents at the bottom, I guess, and you're fine. Okay. You just lock the heat in. Ah, yep. Yeah. Clever. So while we have been plundering our world to create artificial climates, termites have been efficiently air conditioning their mounds for the last 6,000 years, just as their creator designed them to do all along. That's amazing. And uh, now all we have to do is copy what God created, and God created little critters to do, and uh, it works effectively for us. So many things we have pulled from nature and ended up um, just um, creating um, brilliant things, and this is just the latest thing, I guess, you know, but it's very exciting. Absolutely. Very quick question. Did you watch the royal wedding? I did not. Not uh, yet. Not yet. I do, okay, I do you recorded have it, it saved, though, didn't you? You but did I haven't had a chance. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, saw it, I saw it there when I got home last night. I was like, oh, she recorded that. Okay, so um, for those of you who might have missed it, Shell well, is co-hosting with me. Over a billion people have watched it so far. Did watch it, yeah. So, you know, watched it live. And I'm sure that there was a lot of people who recorded it to watch. Okay, later. did you know that you can already buy uh, Megan's wedding dress in Sydney? Oh, <gasps> There was uh, two two Sydney designers, two Sydney designers who uh, who found themselves a model the same shape as uh, size and shape as Megan. They waited for Megan to step out into the open, and from that point forward, they started to create to recreate that dress as they were watching the wedding. And ten hours later, from when Megan first appeared, they had the wedding dress recreated and you can now buy it cost them it cost them $700 to recreate it rather than the probably several hundred thousand that, <laughs> that that particular dress is worth yeah it was a it was a very simple and elegant dress um, but uh, I actually preferred her um, her exit dress her departure dress but yeah there you go anyway <laughs> if you want a beautiful wedding dress and you want it cheaper than that the Bible speaks about uh, Revelation 19, the Bible says to her, this was God's church, was granted that she should be clothed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. You can have that by asking Jesus to come into your heart and he will give you that kind of a character. We have an interview with Phil White coming up. He has a record-sized uh, airfield statue that he's going to tell us about, and this is uh, Michael Yazazi, I believe. A flower grows 
bed somewhere in the darkest night A candle Welcome back, everybody. We are list- you are listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88 right across Australia. In the studio, joining us today, we have one of the most remarkable individuals that I have ever come across, a man by the name of Phil White. Phil, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you, Lyle. Now, Phil, I understand that, that you hold the record for something. Well, last time I spoke to you, you held the record for something, the worldwide record for something. What do you hold the worldwide record for? What could that be? Well, last I heard it was the tallest mm. air-filled statue in the world. Is that right? Yeah, the tallest um, cold air statue or cold air sign in the world. There you go. Okay, so describe to us very quickly. What, what, what exactly is a cold air sign or a cold well, air statue? A cold air sign is a thing like a balloon mm-hmm. that cold air is pumped into it um, by an electric motor and it stands by itself. Uh, freestanding. So this is the kind of thing you might see on top of a, uh, a car dealership or something or other, you know, a big, like, um, you know, creature of some description that blows around in the wind and sort of advertises the uh, the um, that particular um, Yeah, similar place. to that. Yeah. Um, you, you will see them on car dealerships. They have a, a like a cylinder that waves around, but this one is actually like a more a balloon. Yeah, like a yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more and, and, it's, and it has more shape to it rather than just yes. the cylinder that waves around. It has the um, it has the actual shape. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. peculiar in as much as it seems to have the attributes of the Daniel II statue. Okay, so let's get on to what yours mm. actually is: the coldest air, f- the, co- the, the sorry, let me get this right: the tallest cold air filled statue in the world is in the shape of the Daniel II statue. Now, what was it that actually inspired you? And what, what, what are the dimensions of your biggest one? Because you have a number of different sizes. What are the actual dimensions of your biggest one there? Um, the dimensions in height are 65 uh, cubits, which is approximately 90 feet high. Mm-hmm. Um, also 30 metres? Yeah, 30 metres. Yeah. Um, in modern day language, I'm mm-hmm. still uh, well off. In the old days. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. A lot of our listeners can understand feet. There's no problem with that. Mm. Yeah, I was inspired 
when I first came into the message, I came in on a Daniel 2 uh, message, mm-hmm. and I was so inspired that for a week or so I walked around the town of Coffs Harbour, tried to tell people about this remarkable prophecy, and uh, at the end of a week I had sore feet and not much more. Mm-hmm. And um, then um, the Lord inspired me to um, do an illustration of this in plastic or an inflatable yeah. Yeah. Uh, statue. A little bit more to the story, but um, it's a long, long story. Life. Yeah, it yeah. is a long story. I've heard some of it before because um, I'll, I'll fill you in on, on a few little uh, details here. Some years ago, I was running a, a, an evangelistic program in Hoxton Park. Mm. And Hoxton Park, uh, the venue that we had there happened to have uh, a very large grassy area beside the uh, car park. And I talked to Phil, and I was like, what would be the possibility of getting the biggest one of your statues to come down here and to stand in our car park? And we sort of, you know, beside the car park, we measured up the grass, and it was it was theoretically possible, but the logistics of the size of this airfield statue are quite quite astounding, aren't they? Yes, yes. You need around about um, 80 metres uh, circumference to put the uh, statue up. Um, it has guy ropes, eight or nine guy ropes coming off it. It's approximately forty-five degree angle mm-hmm. to the statue, and you need a you do need a big area and, and a team. How many? How many did you? Um, how many people did it take to uh, to get it up? Well, initially to um, unpack it and just set it out, probably four or five people. Um, but after a couple of hours, when we eventually blow it up, we probably need around about well, fourteen to fifteen, sixteen people to pull it up mm-hmm. um, and then probably another f- uh, back down to four people just to run around and do a bit of um, uh, installing and twi- tweaking. And, yeah. then, and then somebody to keep it uh, keep an eye on it 24-7? Yes, myself and my uh, friend Richard, we usually stay on, on uh, hand for 24-7 and uh, look after it. It's susceptible to uh, wind current mm-hmm. um, being that high, but... Um, it's a lot of fun, and, and I also, enjoy it. Yeah, 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 and also rain because I imagine in a very short space of time it would accumulate, you know, probably a ton or more of water just on the outside surface. Yeah, rain is a problem. Um, it's got a, like a crown on the top of it, as you you know, and it fills up with probably thirty or forty liters of water, which is pretty heavy, mm-hmm. and that comes down fairly hard when it comes down. <laughs> um, so best to get it down before it rains yes. yeah for sure mm. for sure and of course uh, when we had it down there in Sydney we were blessed with good weather for the whole week weren't we we were blessed with very good weather and uh, I, I remember this thing it, it just it was in the Hoxton Park area and it towered over everything and you'd be driving down the M7 for those of you from the Sydney area or you know just driving down the freeway and you'd look out to your left and there'd just be this massive massive statue of Daniel 2 just just absolutely towering up there mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was a great witness it was uh, you know we had 350 people that turned up for the program there and and uh, and many 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 people that gave their hearts to God as a result of that program and uh, I was privileged to baptize many of them there it was just some of my greatest testimonies and stories um, that I've told so many times ever since came as a result of, of that program and 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 what you and your friend did there Phil in, in, in coming down and setting that up for us praise God yeah it was very good we had a terrific week there it was a great bunch of people and uh, it was really good to see the church working as hard as they did yes um, everyone really um, just got in did their share and um, 
many people just driving by would come in and talk about it. We'd sit up till 12, 1 o'clock of the morning sometimes mm-hmm. and people would be coming in, looking at the statue, taking photos, um, accepting an invitation. It was terrific. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And, of course, uh, it got all over the media as well. In the media as well. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? It is. It's, um, it's an iconic um, shape. The, um, the Lord would not allow other people to have this statue. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, a dream that He's given to Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar in a vision, and um, it's particular to Him. Now, let's his. talk a little bit about that, just for mm. our listeners, because they might be thinking, "Oh, okay, the Daniel two statue. What on earth are we talking about with the Daniel two statue?" Mm. And you've called it Edgar. Edgar. What does What does Edgar stand for? Edgar is an acronym for every dynasty God Almighty revealed. Yes. And when you go to okay, so let me just do a quick summary for you of uh, of the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. Now Nebuchadnezzar was a Babylonian king that God gave a dream to, uh, predicting the future, and his dream spanned two and a half thousand years. So it's it's uh, information going two and a half thousand years into the future. Um, it covers right down through our time and into the into the future from here. Every single detail of that dream has been fulfilled except one, and that is the last one. Mm. And so we have the privilege of being able to look back and to see how God has worked. Okay, so this is a statue. Um, the original one that Nebuchadnezzar saw, of course, the head was made out of gold, the chest was made out of silver, um, the thighs were made out of brass, the legs were made out of iron, the feet were made out of a mixture of iron and clay, and then Nebuchadnezzar saw a rock that hit it and smashed it to a thousand pieces. And of course, when uh, when we set up your big airfield ones, we hope that no rocks will hit them and smash them down for us. <laughs> yes, well, the Lord will be coming. Yeah, that's it, yeah. that's it. And that rock, of course, is a symbol of Jesus Christ. So the, yes. the metals in the image very quickly symbolize... Um, the nations that would follow Nebuchadnezzar's Babylonian Empire, God was communicating to them, these are the ones that are going to come after you, uh, the Persians, the Greeks, the Romans, and then it would divide and it would, be, it would stay divided until the rock Jesus Christ came and set up his kingdom. And, of course, that's the time in, in which we live now. And there has never been a generation since Imperial Rome fell until this day where there have not been people who have been trying to stick back together the old Roman Empire mm. and never succeeded. Not so. Yeah, it's not going to happen, is it? So the first time you heard this particular vision, it uh, what was it that so captivated you uh, and, and captured your attention in relationship to it? Um, I think it was the details of um, what had happened through history mm-hmm. with like Babylon and um, Syria and so on. Um, it was something that uh, I could not reject. Um, I came out of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd been in the world fifty-five odd years, yep. and um, so the truth um, is hard to deny. It is very hard to deny, Bill. Yes. It is very hard to yes. deny, and so you decided to do something about the truth. Yeah, well, um, I was so engrossed in what I'd learnt, and it was very difficult to tell people. They thought at first I was I'd fallen out of a tree and hit my head or something like that, mm-hmm. and. Um, the more I talked about it, the um, more people distanced themselves from me. So eventually, um, I we made up this yep. uh, statue, mm-hmm. and um, then people started coming. And of course, once people come and see the statue, whether it's this big one or a smaller one, 
um, they open up the conversation by asking what is it That's where right. does it come from yeah because because it's not the kind of thing that you just sort of see all over the place no it's it's good for opening up conversations and we've uh, got a an eight meter size statue which is very portable it's durable and um, any churches that uh, would like to have one can get in touch with me but as soon as you put that on the footpath or wherever you're going to stand it the moment you unroll it people will start pulling up coming over and wanting to know what's yep. this what is it absolutely. what are you doing so, oh, i can testify to that it's, yeah. it's absolutely the case and uh okay so if somebody want to i say you do the eight meter one is that the, the two different sides you've just got the one or two really big ones and then yes. a bunch of eight meter ones yeah i still have the big one as a matter of fact i have several of them and um they're up for use but uh, the church needs to be a working church mm-hmm. and there is there is some work to do with the bigger one yeah but the results are quite spectacular and you, you can get great results with the eight meter one as well yes. the eight meter one has proved really good because pastors and missionaries can take it and put it up after the first one or two times that you put it up you install it in about 15 minutes mm-hmm. um, all up the statue of the 8 metre size weighs 18.6 kilo and the little blower that goes with it is around about 4.5 kilo. Mm-hmm. So you can throw it in the back of a, in the boot of a little car and off you go. Yeah, and I've got to tell you, um, if you're listening in and you're ever driving along and you see one of these airfield statues, just stop right there, mm. go and ask some questions, find out when the presentation will be because if you have never heard a presentation on the prophecy of Daniel 2, you have no idea what you're missing out on. This is one of the most sensational prophecies that you'll find uh, anywhere in the Bible. And, you know, I've given a very, very quick overview, you know, and, and, and normally, you know, you can get, um, you know, a half hour or one hour presentation on it. I know that um, if you wanted to cover it in detail, it would probably take three or more hours to deal with all the details that there are in Daniel 2. And the deeper you go into it, the more exciting it becomes. Yes. I can testify to that. Yeah, yes. absolutely. That's yeah. Uh, that's 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 why you're sitting here today. That's why that's you've given exactly your heart right. to God yes. and, and, and come back to God after all of those years in the world. Yes. Now, Phil, um, very quickly, the size of your big one, what inspired the size of uh, 90 feet? Why, why that size? Um, what inspired me was that um, I was looking for something to draw people to me rather than me chasing around after people. Mm-hmm. And the measurements are in the Bible in... Uh, for anyone to see mm-hmm. and when the idea of the inflatable statue came it seemed obvious to do build it, to it the, according to the measurements according to in the, the measurements. bible now the measurements uh, of course are from the daniel 3 statue which is yes. a golden image that nebuchadnezzar built for himself but in the writings of ellen white um she does say that the 65 cubits that nebuchadnezzar built with his golden statue he dreamed a similar size is that so? Yes. That's most interesting. And, uh, of course, I mean, having seen that big one, it gives me a picture in my mind's eye every time I teach the subject of Daniel chapter 3, and I love to teach the book of Daniel, um, it gives me this picture in my mind's eye of just how massive, how enormous Nebuchadnezzar's one actually was yes. uh, when, when, when he built that and stood it in the in the plains of Jura, the plains of Babylon there. And, and of course, there you've got the story of the three worthies who were called to fall down and worship it. Mm. I think just being the people that we are, we can appreciate the fact that uh, 
or we can understand how Nebuchadnezzar could stand back, put his hands on his waist and go, wow, look what I've done. Uh-huh. Um, Unfortunately, we can see that, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, of course, this is a a, a god that Nebuchadnezzar was mm. creating. It was to be worshipped, but it's never heard about again after this particular point because the god who was highlighted on that particular day was not this ninety foot golden statue. It was uh, it was Yahweh Himself mm. um, who came down and stood there in the uh, in what the Bible describes as the fiery furnace. And, uh, and and spent that time you know, and rescued his faithful people right there. Phil, it's been really fantastic having you on the show today. Yeah, thank you a lot. I just want to say how much I appreciate your ministry. And if you'd like to get in contact with Phil and hear more about Edgar and the uh, statues that he makes, um, give us a call here at Faith FM, 1-800-324-843, and we'll pass those details on for you. Oh, thank you a lot. Thank you for the opportunity to talk to people. Thank you. You're welcome. We'll be back right after this with more great programming.
Hey, Mon. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in miracles? Look, if God can change my life, I think I definitely believe in miracles. Okay, so the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church is making a difference in its community. Oh, yeah, how? Well, it's worshipping together, loving together, learning together, and above all, preparing for Jesus to return together. Ooh, that sounds good. When's all this happening? Bible studies start at 10 a.m., service at 11 a.m., and guess what that's followed by? Or is it this free lunch I keep hearing about? Absolutely. Well, please join us at the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church. Our address is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile.